Welcome to the podcast of Euless First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening. We would love to have you worship with us in person. These messages come from our worship services, Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11. We worship at 106 North Main Street in Euless, between Airport Freeway and Highway 10. May you feel the presence of God, and may God bless you as you listen. I would have told you my first Sunday here at Euless that I've never spoken in tongues. And I have some experience, some familiarity with this. Mostly when I was in later high school and early college years, I spent some time in uh, religious movements in the modern Pentecostal movement. And so I've had been near the experience. I've, I've prayed for the experience. But it wasn't until this week, this week as I pondered and read and meditated this uh, Acts chapter 2 passage, that I realized I might have to reconsider my previous understanding. It might have been my first Sunday here. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was the close of the service, one of my first two or three weeks here. I said for the invitation, something like, we're all just trying to follow Jesus a bit better today than yesterday. And I think I might have been speaking in tongues when I said that because it was clearly understood by everyone who heard it. I didn't realize that I had said it. It was not words that I had planned to come out of my mouth. I surely didn't realize the simplicity and the power that that statement would have in drawing the church together. As I have always understood the miracle of speaking in tongues in Acts chapter 2, the miracle was not that the apostles spoke in some heavenly language that needed an interpreter for anyone to understand. The miracle that day in Acts 2 was that everyone understood what the apostles were saying in their own language. What I don't know is if you understood is this. Following Jesus better today than yesterday is not about getting people to come to church. It's about taking church to the people. Please, please stop fretting over how to get people to come to church. Please just follow Jesus and invite the Holy Spirit to lead you to follow Jesus in ways that other people who happen to be there to see you and understand what you say and what you do as the great good news of God's love for them in Jesus Christ. That's what Pentecost was about. But before Pentecost was about that, but before Pentecost was about that, it was about something else. Pentecost is a Greek word simply meaning 50 days. It's the Greek word for the Hebrew festival of Shavuot, or the festival of weeks, in which, which was one of three pilgrimage festivals for the Jews in Jesus' day. That's why all those people from various places were back in Jerusalem that day. And Luke writes, they are pious Jews. They're religious people. Their behavior is informed by their religious beliefs. And when they hear Peter and others, they were, Luke tells us, surprised and bewildered. Some of them thought the apostles were drunk. Shavuot is 
the day marking remembrance of God giving Moses the law on Mount Sinai. That's in Exodus chapter 20. And I point that out because sometimes we think God leads with commandments and expectations. Some of us are stuck on this story going very differently. Some of us are convinced that God sets a bar here and requires us to clear it before God will love us or save us. But remember, get your act together and then I'll love you, said our God, never. Remember, perform the right sacrifices, then I'll save you, said our God, never. Remember, live your life more religiously, said our God, never. God wants you and me to understand this Pentecost message. So God will put it in a language that you and I can understand. To help them understand that original day of Pentecost in our story, Peter quotes the prophet Joel to them. Joel proclaimed that God said, In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all people. God is pouring out the Spirit today. Today's reading and the Joel quote in it concludes with this. You may remember this line. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do you know that being saved in the Bible is not a spiritual thing, at least not if spiritual means dealing with life after death matters. During much of the time when the books of the Bible were being written, there was no belief at all in life after death. Salvation means this. God hears the cry of people who are enslaved and God delivers them. What are you enslaved to? What were you enslaved to that God has already freed you from? If you don't know, find out. Ask someone you love and trust. Ask them, what difference has following Jesus made in your life? Welcome their answers. What difference would you like Jesus to make in your life? please. Feel free not to express it in specifically religious language because Pentecost tells us, as if the rest of the Bible didn't, that God comes to us in whatever language we speak. That's what Pentecost's tongues were for and about. Some of you may have realized with all this talk about language that Pentecost goes back even further in the Bible than the giving of the law on Mount Sinai that's celebrated on the day of Pentecost or in Shavuot. Pentecost goes back to Genesis, to the story of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. In fact, Pentecost reverses the curse, whereas the story that from Genesis chapter 11 was that God confused the language of people 
Now, in Acts chapter 2, God is calling us all back together, breaking down the barriers of language to bring us together in Jesus. Across languages, across nationalities, across whatever differences we might place on ourselves and others. So, how can you speak in tongues? How will you share the good news of Jesus in ways that other people will hear it and understand it? Inviting someone to church only works if your life shows them a reason that going to church with you would help their life. Does going to church help your life? Does watching streaming worship help your life? All of this really brings us to today's gospel reading, John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. Jesus has come to his disciples in a closed room. They are scared and they're hiding. Jesus has been crucified, and even though the tomb is empty, they're unsure. So it's okay to be unsure today. We live in the unsurest of times there has been in a long time. And just when many of us may have thought that we had everything figured out, that everything was in place, that we were sure about things. Along comes this pandemic that sends us all home, that puts too many of us out of work, that sends too many of us to the hospital where our loved ones cannot even go with us and encourage us and love us in person. We are unsure. To the disciples' unsureness in John chapter 20, Jesus twice says, peace be with you. This is, remember, the same gospel where Jesus had told them before his death in chapter 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus brought that back to their minds in today's reading by twice telling them, peace be with you. To the disciples' unsureness, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I presume they did, at least I had, receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus' act in telling them to, but, but maybe my presumption is premature. Maybe Jesus telling his followers something didn't mean they get it. Okay, 100%. Jesus telling his followers something doesn't mean we get it. The whole statement in John chapter 20, Jesus says, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. It's almost like John is telling us that the evidence of our receiving the Holy Spirit is our forgiving people's sins. Have you ever had the pleasure of telling someone their sins are forgiven? Not, not the haughty, condescending pleasure of telling someone that what you think are their sins are forgiven so that you can tell them they're forgiven. No, no, not the sins that you think other people have. The sins 
that are weighing on them right now, the sins that are keeping them up at night, the sins that in their minds mean they dare not go to church because church, for a lot of people, is about keeping us in our place, about holding us down, about us groveling around as broken, sinful people. But our God is not about keeping us groveling. Paul reminds us in what many people think is the harshest book in the New Testament, his letter to the Romans, he says, there isn't any condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, who is it? who are in Christ Jesus. I believe it's those who know their sins are forgiven, those for whom the weight of condemnation has been lifted. You and I, with the Holy Spirit, have the great joy and the great responsibility of telling people their sins are forgiven. It's right here in the Bible because God has reversed the curse of Babel. And God comes to us and to all people with language and words for all to understand. Because of that, we get to receive the Holy Spirit and to share the forgiveness of sins. Pentecost is sometimes called the birthday of the church. But notice in today's readings, there was no building being built that day. In fact, the rest of the entire book of Acts, there's no building being built for the church because the church is not the building. The church is the people. What drew people to the church in the book of Acts is exactly what draws people to church today. The witness of people whose sins are forgiven. John Wesley wrote this in his journal, referring to the day on which he had felt his heart strangely warmed. Wesley wrote, I felt I did trust in Christ, in Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. What a difference it made in his life that he finally felt that his sins were forgiven and taken away from him. If you have ever really felt your sins were forgiven and taken away, then you know the feeling and you want to share it, which is good because that's evidence that you've got the Holy Spirit in you, whether or not you're speaking in tongues. People want to hear this good news. Go tell them from at least six feet away, maybe wear a mask. This will help some of them to hear you. This is following Jesus. May you follow Jesus better today than you did yesterday and better tomorrow than today. Okay. Because in Christ, you know your sins are forgiven. Amen.